episode number 49. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, you will know that every seven episodes I take a stop and pause from sharing personal stories with you, and instead I share with you something else related to the world of getting unstuck. And today the topic is going to be about freedom, and I am so excited to offer this episode because in essence, this is what this work is all about, accessing your personal freedom. But before I do, I'm going to take a few moments to share with you some of the feedback I received from last week's episode. I received many emails regarding the story, and I have to say it was a little unexpected. I didn't realize how much that episode was going to affect so many of you. So I'm going to respond to those emails now. If you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode, I recommend that you do before continuing to listen to this episode. Okay, so there were four main responses that I'd like to share with you. This was the first one. What was going on in my husband's mind? Listeners wanted to know what was like the full picture. What was my husband's main concern? What was it my well-being? Was he concerned about, you know, my well-being? Was it about him having a fear of going to sleep with the house unlocked? Right? Like it could have been so many things. What was going on? Now the truth of the matter is I don't know. Many of you felt that if you had that piece of information, it would have helped you understand my husband's position better of why he was blaming me for not being able to fall asleep. But my response to you was that even if I had that piece of information, I don't believe it would have affected me that much. Why? Because when I walked into the bedroom, I was getting blamed, right? It was clear as day to me, okay, it was night, but it was clear as day that my husband was stuck on something. Why or how he was stuck in that moment didn't prevent me from going right to the stuck method to get unstuck from him being stuck on me. (laughs) Are you following this? Whatever his reason was for blaming me didn't stop me from getting myself unstuck and then having a conversation the following morning. Whatever his main concern was, was his problem, not mine. And in that moment, I was being blamed and was stuck on frustration. And my main concern in that moment was to get myself unstuck. Okay, the second response was, that a couple of listeners wrote to ask why I didn't just bring a key. (laughs) They suggested that if I had brought a key, this scenario would not have happened. So that may be true, 
But remember, getting unstuck is not about preventing stuck situations happening in your life. Stuck situations are going to happen all the time, nonetheless, whether you try to prevent them from happening or not. That's not what this practice is about. This practice is about, well, you know what? I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. So anyway, if Even if I had brought a key, my husband may still have chosen to wait up for me, right? He still may have been concerned and he still may have blamed me for not coming home when I did. So yes, anyway, that being said, I do believe I should get into the habit of taking my key with me in the future. Okay. All right. Number three, another listener wrote in, if he was so concerned which I actually understand, he could have walked down five houses to check on you. He could have called any of your friends. Also, the listener wrote, it's not like you were driving anywhere. If there was a problem, someone at your party could have notified him. He could have handled it better. There are so many times when my spouse tells me he will be home from work related things and is so much later and I understand things happen. So I call my husband and I check. So, okay, basically this listener was simply suggesting other better or alternative reactions from my husband, which of course, yeah, like I get that. But remember, this story was about my stuck story, right? My perspective and it wasn't about him. Okay, that kind of leads me into number four. If getting unstuck is about taking personal responsibility, which it is, why did I have a conversation with him the morning after? And why did I make a request? This was the final email response that I received. So first of all, thank you to the listener who wrote this to me. It really touched my heart because it made me realize that you're listening (laughs) and that you're really internalizing the message about getting unstuck. So my response is this. I had a conversation with my husband because in that moment, I was already unstuck. I realized the night before that I was wrong. I apologized. I had moved on. My husband accepted my apology. And that truly was the stuck story. I didn't even have to share anything more with you. Truly, I could have ended it there. I could have called that episode, consider I was wrong, or I goofed, or something like that, right? And, and that would have worked. But I had a conversation after, and I wanted to share that with you. The conversation was 100% separate from me getting myself unstuck. I asked him if I could make a request because I was trying to help him see another perspective. I was basically trying to help him get unstuck, even though I don't usually do that and I don't want others to do that to me unless I ask for assistance. So basically what I'm saying is that conversation was separate from me getting unstuck, but I shared it with you anyway, and I hope at this point, this clarifies things for all of you. Again, to those of you who wrote to me, I thank you and please continue to do so. I love hearing from you. And you know what? One more quick thing since it's on the topic. Since many of you challenged me on this last episode, 
I want to now challenge you. On April 22nd, for five days, I am going to be offering the first Getting Unstuck Challenge since this podcast began. It is free. And if you want to sign up, you'll receive an email from me every day for five days. Each day includes a short video of me speaking to you and offering you a personal challenge. I would love for you to join me. It's an opportunity to stop and reflect on your life and see maybe where you may want to start getting unstuck. You can invite your friends, you can invite your family. I'm going to open a private Facebook group only to those who are participating in the challenge so that I can respond to you in an intimate environment. I will post the link to join this challenge in the show notes. You can already sign up today. If you do, you'll receive an email confirmation from me, and then I'll send you a reminder as the challenge gets closer. Okay, let's talk freedom, shall we? When people ask me about getting unstuck, most of what I hear in terms of expectations or results is that people are looking to feel happy or in control or to have a sense of wholesomeness or a sense of calm. And yes, these are many of the potential effects that occur when you get yourself unstuck. Absolutely. But I wouldn't say that those things are the main goal. It's just like when I teach yoga and people come to a class wanting to gain flexibility or feel more calm or feel more relaxed. And again, yes, that happens a lot after a really good yoga class, but those aren't the main goals of yoga. The main reason to practice getting unstuck is for you to be able to access your sense of personal freedom. We all have a birthright of personal freedom, but so much of our lives are not lived from a conscious place of accessing that freedom, but rather from a reactionary or conditioned kind of place. And so our minds end up managing us instead of us managing our minds. And we get hijacked by our emotions and we act in defense and we play the victim. Too much of our waking lives, we are a slave to our minds and we suffer. All of this is unconscious. We don't suffer purposefully. We suffer because our minds are conditioned to protect us But the way the mind tries to protect us actually harms us more than it does us good. Let me explain. I I think the best way for you to understand this is just for me to walk you through some basic stories. So take, for example, last week's episode, okay? I go to a party. I say I'm going to be home in an hour. I return three hours later. I come home and my husband blames me for not being able to fall asleep, okay? So my brain immediately goes into reaction mode. It goes into defense. Why? Because my brain perceives a threat. It's not a real 
physical threat, like a tiger coming out to eat me, but my brain registers this threat in the same way, and my brain wants to defend itself. My brain doesn't want to feel blamed for something that I didn't do. So my brain, naturally and unconsciously, is going to cause me to protect myself, which comes out in the form of yelling or having to defend my position. Now, how does this work against me? Well, a couple of ways. One, Byron Katie says, the first act of war is defense. You may think that my husband's words were the first act of war, but the truth of the matter is, if I don't react, there is no war. There are no two sides. There's just him blaming me, and that's it. But by allowing my primitive brain to defend itself, it is going to go to war, and then there's going to be a fight, and maybe they'll be yelling, and who knows how long that's going to last. Another way that my brain is going to kind of unconsciously work against me is that it's going to create a physiological response in my body, just like as if there was a tiger in front of me. Even though I don't really need to have that kind of physiological response, right? I'm not going to die in that moment. So I don't need my stress levels to go up. I don't need increased heart rate. I don't need to have irrational thinking. I don't need to be in caveman survival mode, right? There is no real threat. And yet my mind perceives there is. And my body is going to suffer because of the chaos that ensues from perceiving that I'm in a threatened position. So the personal freedom comes from being able to witness that I'm in a situation where I can choose to stop over choosing to react. I can choose freedom over suffering. I can choose loving kindness over war. That's what this practice is about. My personal freedom is to be able to choose what I want to do, how I'm going to think, how I choose to feel in any situation. It's my choice. It's my personal freedom. Now you can take any of my past stories from these podcasts and this concept is going to be applied just the same. Let me give you another example. Public speaking. I know so many people, including me sometimes, have a fear of public speaking. And when I say public speaking, I mean it could be standing in front of a room of hundreds. And it also can be just sharing your opinion in a small group of 10. If you have this fear, what's happening? What's happening is that your brain is perceiving a threat. Again, it's not a real physical threat, but your brain perceives it as a threat. Instead of death, your fear basically is about forgetting what you're going to say, losing your breath when you speak, thinking people will think whatever you have to say is stupid, right? All those things. So your brain, which perceives a threat, is going to defend itself. It's going to do whatever it needs to do to kill or reduce the threat. 
Now, how is that going to manifest in your life? Well, for many people, it'll simply mean to choose not to public speak, which, which is an option, right? And you could say that it, that's your personal freedom to make that choice, which it is. Yet, is that really accessing your freedom? Or by choosing not to public speak, are you just being a slave to your mind? If you choose not to public speak because you are afraid, are you free or are you hiding? I think it happens to be the latter. Rather than just allowing yourself to sit with the fear, your brain is going to try to protect you and remove the threat. And in this case, that means avoiding speaking or avoiding having a difficult conversation with someone or avoiding trying something new in your life or avoiding anything that you perceive as a threat. That is suffering, my dear friends. It's emotional suffering, not caveman physical suffering, but it's suffering. And you have the power to be free from that if you choose it. Let me offer one more quick example. I just finished leading another retreat where one of the main practices that we do three times a day is a practice of mindful eating. So it's fresh in my mind. Let's say that you're going to a dinner party. You arrive slightly hungry, you eat a delicious meal, you are physically satisfied by the time you're done eating. And then dessert comes out, right? (laughs) There's like that dessert tray, not only the dessert menu, but you can actually see with your eyes what are all the amazing delectable choices that they are offering. And you just want to eat all of them, (laughs) right? That's your primitive mind at work. It's seeking desire. And those desserts look really good. Now, if you allow yourself to be a slave to your mind, you are going to order and eat dessert. You probably won't just take one bite, but you'll eat the entire piece of whatever that you ordered that's in front of you. Now, you may say to me, but Shira, it's my freedom to choose it or not. True. But I would challenge you and ask, who really did the choosing? If your body was not hungry and you chose to feed it food even though it didn't want any, and even though it was going to make you feel sluggish or heavy or not energetic, who did the choosing? Now, I have nothing against dessert. I'm actually a very anti-diet person. All I'm saying is that even in such a situation, you could choose personal freedom. You could order the dessert and have it for breakfast the next day. You could take a bite of someone else's dessert. You could choose not to order dessert at all and believe that you're really not going to miss anything by not having ordered it, right? There are lots of options. But when your mind only sees one option, eat dessert, then you have foregone all the freedom that is your birthright. And that's what this practice is all about. Each of us learning to access the personal freedom that is within us, 
rather than being a slave to our minds. And yes, it takes practice because without practice, the mind is simply going to manage you because it wants to protect you. But remember, the way our mind wants to protect us doesn't always serve us the way is best because we are not cave people anymore. And yet our primitive brain is still functioning as if we are. I don't believe we were created to be slaves to our minds. I actually believe we were created to be able to access a higher and deeper sense of ourself. Our brains are not our highest selves. We are more than our brains. And we have the opportunity to investigate the thoughts that arise in our minds, most of which are unconscious and are conditioned according to how and where we were raised. And we have the power to challenge ourselves and grow and develop into our best selves. Okay, so I just said the word challenge, and that reminded me that I want to remind you that I am cordially inviting you to join the April 2018 Getting Unstuck Challenge with me. Please click on the link in the show notes below, and you'll be on your way. So that is what I wanted to share with you today about freedom. I hope that you take some time to reflect on this episode and consider where you may be able to access your personal freedom in your life. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.